Hi, everybody. It's Wednesday, May 13th, 2020. Wednesday. It's time for Joy Exposed. I said Wednesday twice, didn't I? I know, I know. That kind of day. So, we're going to get started. Y'all know I've been using this stuff on my face to make it not look as old. Anyway, so... <clears throat> All right, so Joy Exposed with Joyce Lynn Wells, and tonight we're going to talk about some yummy stuff, um, something kind of funny about my shoes, um, this experience that I'm having now. So let's get into the Three Cheers of Joy so we can move on. I got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. Okay, so Three Cheers of Joy, Three Moments of Self-Celebration have nothing to do with anybody but you. So let's see, my first moment of self-celebration. First cheer of joy. Um, huh. Oh, last Saturday, I went to a painting class where I painted. It was my first time ever painting. And I didn't even post a picture of it on Facebook, I don't think. But it was my first time ever painting probably since grade school. And I did pretty good, right? So I was kind of pleased with it. And made me step out of the box a little bit. And the funny thing about it, I wasn't gonna go to the painting class. Um, Cause you know, I've been in my COVID bullshit. So inside my own mind, that's a terrible place to exist. Anyway, I'll tell you guys about it. So my first cheer of joy is that I painted. So I got a few things to drink tonight cause you guys know I stopped drinking liquor. So I definitely have some wine. I've got the, get away from the light. I got the Poppy Malbec. You can't see it because it's like Poppy Malbec. So I'm drinking that. I got a Diet 7 Up because I'm not drinking any caffeine. And I also have my lemon blueberry water. <laughs> lemon blueberry sparkling water that I'm drinking. So I have three things to drink. So not drinking liquor has really intensified my drinking problem. So I usually have three or four things to drink at a time. So let's pour this up so I can cheer my um, painting excursion last weekend. So let me make a note about that so I make sure I talk about it too. So cheers to my painting. Mm, my second cheer of joy is that I've had a bath every day for the month of May. April was sketchy because I didn't know what day it was. And whether I had a bath or not. So, but I've had a bath every day this month. Cheers to that. That lets you know I'm really coming out of my yucky COVID depression because I'm bathing. <laughs> Maybe the only one to experience that. And besides, all the days seem like the same day. So April was a bad month. So cheers to a bath. Um, my third cheer of joy is that I bought some new sneakers yesterday. I was really excited about it. And I'll give you some more details about them in just a second because they kind of go along with the story that I want to tell about my... Oh. <laughs> it kind of gives you... kind of goes along with the story I want to tell. So Stephanie said, I'm not, the, I'm not alone. So thank you very much. Cheers to that. So cheers to my sneakers. So... Three Cheers of Joy tonight brought to you by Poppy Malbec. I, and I think I said this last week or before. A Malbec is really good because I like a Cabernet, but the Malbec is like the cab with a little sweet 
mm, on the end of it, man, it's good. So I'm enjoying this Malbec and it's not helping that it's on sale. So I don't have a problem buying it on sale. So my first cheer of joy was, what was it? I forgot that fast. Oh, my painting. I painted last weekend. First cheer of joy. My second cheer of joy is that I had a bath every day this month. April was sketchy. I'm telling you guys, I was, all the days were the same day. So all of May, I had a bath. And some days I even had a bath twice. I'll let you know I'm really doing it. Coming out of that stinking depression. And then I bought some new sneakers yesterday. So, so first thing, let me talk about the painting. So we're out of three cheers of joys. Let me talk about the painting. Um, oh, let me tell you guys this real quick before I get to the painting. You know, I usually buy leggings to sleep in and walk around the house in. We probably, ladies always have leggings. But I usually get them from Old Navy because they're nice and soft cotton. And they're cute. They have all these little cute designs and stuff. Well, I usually get them from Old Navy because I know they fit, you know, because I'm short. So I'm 5'3". So you have to deal with the height and all that stuff. Anyway, I was in Walgreens the other day. And they had some leggings marked down to, like, they had some, you did, some, Jamil got new gym shows too. Cheers to new gym shoes. They had some leggings marked down to $1.75 at the Walgreens. And I only got a pair because I was like, I know these and I know darn good. Let me tell you, I got those things and I'm wearing them now. And they are, honey, I'm going to get me some more Walgreens leggings just to walk around the house in. They are so comfortable. And they're like a nylon something blend I don't know what they are but they are comfortable so I gotta get some more so my bad on sleeping on the Walgreens now we know some some you wear outside the house and some you wear in the house for me these are in-house leggings right so there's a difference for leggings for me so these are my in-house leggings so they are comfortable so I have those on now all right so let me get to my painting so a really good friend of mine that I work with, she's a um, white American lady, and she's my about my age, maybe a little older. Can't, I can't ever tell. I've never asked her, so but she's my age, maybe. We're at least in there, right? Our kids are both in high school together. Let's say that. Our sons are in high school together, and she has one out of high school, so I don't know her age. But anyway, she has Asperger's syndrome, syndrome and that's kind of like it's, on, it's a little it's on the autism spectrum, but it's called Asperger's, very specific, detailed. So with Asperger's, people don't like to be touched. They're really hypersensitive to touch. And they're hypersensitive to people and noise and sound. So <laughs> we work together. So me being me is like, ah! And we've become really good friends over the past three years. So she's been there three years. This is my fourth year. So this is her third year. So we've become really good friends and it's really weird. We just kind of start talking and I'm very respectful. When you tell me that you got some kind of boundary or you got, I'm respectful of it. I don't, you know, to let me know ahead of time what you need from me. So, you know, we just kind of talk and stuff. So even when we have lunch together in the teacher's lounge, I'll sit at a, at a table for like four and then she'll sit at another table for like four, but we never sit at the table together. We just talk to each other across the lounge. So one day we had a situation at school. I think she brought me a gift or something. She always brings me gifts. She brought me a gift or something. And I was so excited. I hugged her and I could feel her tense under my hug. And I was like, oh my God, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot. And I was just so embarrassed because I was so excited about whatever it was. And I was just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then she was like, 
you know, that wasn't so bad. I'm okay. You know, so she didn't like panic or anything. She's like, I'm okay. So <laughs> she invited me last week to a paint and sip at her house doing the social distancing. So she's having a paint and sip. She's got the canvas, the paints, the whole shebang, the video to tell you how to do it, all that. She's having a thing at her house. So my first thought was, I'm not going. So I didn't really think about her doing the party. I just thought, I'm not going. So she was so excited and telling me about it. She's like, and I invited two people. And I was like, oh, I got to go. <laughs> so we I went to her house and she's got the back deck set up and it's, we live in florida so it's beautiful florida mornings and it was nine o'clock in the morning and no wine right so it's sober joycelyn nine o'clock saturday morning painting right so i go and um we're all sitting out we're spaced out doing our little painting spaced about doing our paintings and stuff and i really had a very good time and me and one of the other lady showed up so it was just the three of us out there and we did this whole little painting and uh it lasted until about 11 30 and then i think we left about noon and then you know had some other stuff to do but my painting is a beach scene and i'll post it but my painting is of a beach scene and it's got like the water the waves and the blue sky with designs in it the sand and stuff and how about part of the painting is that we paint rocks coming out of the water, jutting out of the water. You got rocks random and you got white stuff around it, you know, like the foam from the waves crashing in the rocks. And that's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> well, I sent the picture to Dawn, my friend who lives in Italy. And she was like, this isn't bad. Now keep in mind, she's the artist who paints the covers of my books. So she's really an artist. <laughs> so she's like this isn't bad this is kind of nice and she's talking about it she said i have a question for you i was like what is it she said these black things in the water i said yeah you know because i'm proud right you know she's gave me a compliment these black things in the water i said yeah she said are they supposed to be rocks or seals <laughs> i was like they're supposed to be rocks, but we could go for seals too. Either one, it doesn't matter. Whatever you see is what you see. I do it for my fans, right? So I thought that was so funny. So that's the highlight of my pandemic moment is that I painted. I don't know that I'll paint again. I didn't necessarily enjoy it. Like there wasn't any pleasure in it for me. And I think part of it was because it was restricted based on what the people were saying to do, take your paintbrush and do this, do this, do this. And I'm not really a paint in the lines kind of person. I'm more of a do what you want to do with it. So once we got through the video and I sat there and started playing with it a little bit, it turned out pretty good, right? So I was kind of pleased and it took me probably the next morning to look at it and say, Oh, I can see that. I can see the waves coming into the beach, you know, kind of stand back from it and look at it. So that was pretty cool. So that was about my painting on Saturday morning. So a paint and sip at nine o'clock, nine o'clock on Saturday morning with no wine. So I was focusing on that painting for sure. So that's my paint and sip. The other thing is, oh, it's called paint with a twist, not paint and sip. 
The other thing is, you guys, I stopped about two weeks ago. I started walking, right? Like I literally, I think it was on May 1st. I literally made my ass get up and start walking because April had been such a yucky space for me that I started walking on May 1st. And so by May 3rd, I was up to like 25,000 steps. Like I'm like Forrest Gump, like going, going, going. So every day I've been walking between 22 and maybe 25, 26,000 steps which is a lot, right? So that literally, it turns out to be about 10 miles, between nine and 10 miles, because I'll go in the morning. My goal is to go in the morning, get 12,000 steps. And then I go in the, um, I go in the afternoon again, and then later in the afternoon, like early evening, and then I may do about eight to 10,000 more steps, right? So I'm just trying to keep myself busy. Like you, I said in a video of mine, if you, you've got to keep your mind stronger than your body when you're in a depression in a depression mode when you're in that yuck ass low your mind has to be stronger than your body because if your mind isn't as stronger than your body the body wins and you stay motionless and you stay in the yucky moment so i started walking and i've been doing a great job i think i can't even tell you guys how many miles let's see let me look real quick and i'm going to tell you guys this funny little story so I've got all these miles where I'm walking. So like I have 10.7 miles today. I've got, that's just today, 9.47 yesterday. So what's that? 21 miles, 7.64 the day before. So 28, then 10 again is 38. That's Sunday. So 38 miles this week I've walked. That's like literally me just taking off, going, 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 going. And it's hard to get started when you're marking your steps because you don't have any you can't for me i couldn't quantify i have an issue with putting quantitative value on things what well, steps like i don't know how many steps it takes me to get from here to here but i know i need a lot of steps so where do i need to walk to to get the steps and i can tell you guys about that in a second but anyway so i've literally been walking well my feet have been feeling like shit my knee oh my god the first week my knee felt so bad. I was rubbing like CBD oil on it. I was taking ibuprofen. And it, all it is is the muscles waking up like, bitch, you tripping. Like, you know, your body have to be like, I feel you. I know you working me out, but you got to let me catch up with you. Because I was ahead of my knee at the time. So now my knee, week and a half, two weeks later, my knee is now ready. My knee is with me. But I needed to give it time to catch up with me. Anyway. So I've been nursing myself. I've been, I have been icing my feet. So I'm sitting up with ice packs on both feet. I got an ice pack on my knee, but that's my determination. Like I can't let the pain stop me from moving. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. So I was telling <laughs> Faceless Love, I was like, man, my feet hurt so bad. I was like, I think this might've been Monday night. I was like, I think I need me some new shoes. He was like, well, how long have you had those? I said, these are the um, gray Adidas I got about a year ago. I said, but I put a lot of miles on them between now and between then. And especially now, I've really gone into overdrive. I said, I feel like I need some shoes. He was like, you think so? He was like, you know, we talked about the Adidas and the uh, cushion soles and all that. You know, Adidas is a really good shoe. And I've worn Nike before. We, I mean, we had a whole conversation. Anyway, yesterday... <laughs> 
I was walking and Faisal was slow and I were on the phone together. Sometimes we walk and we stay on the phone the whole time. Like we might be on the phone for two hours, two and a half hours. We'll go walk, we'll come in, get something to eat. You know, we just talk and talk and talk and the whole time, right? So I tell him, hi, Kim. So I tell him, I'm like, I think I can feel the ground through my shoe. Like, I think I got a hole in my shoe. And he was like, for real? So this was yesterday. I was like, I think so. So then I was like, I'm tripping. You know, I'm like, I ain't got no hole in my shoe. I'm tripping. So I keep walking. I keep walking. So finally I get to a place and I stop and I lift my shoe. And I got a whole asshole in the bottom of my shoe. I literally walked through the sole of my sneaker. Let me find it. Look at this. You can see it. Look at that. <laughs> There's a hole in my shoe. And it's a nice shoe, too. It's Adidas. It's a nice shoe. But I was like, look at that. You see my finger coming out of there? <laughs> so that one has a hole. And the other one... They got dirt on it. The other one, you can see the other one too, where it's coming through, like right there. I was like, oh my God. So, meanwhile, I got a hole in my damn shoe, and I still got about two miles to walk till I get home. So, I'm, I'm walking and walking and walking. Now that it, my, I know there's a hole in the shoe, I'm like, my feet really hurt. You know, I'm like, oh my God, my feet hurt so bad. Now I'm acting like a baby. So I get home, I get home, I get to my car and uh, faces, I was like, what are you about to do? I was, I'm getting ready to go to Dick's and buy me some sneakers. <laughs> he was like, you don't, <clears throat> you don't have any sneakers you can wear tomorrow when you go. And then I was like, I got some, but they my cute sneakers. They not for walking. I need running walking shoes. So he stayed on the phone with me for a whole another hour while I drove to Dick's and bought some sneakers and came back home and then we were ready to um, watch them uh, catch up on the last dance. But I'm telling you, I started exercising and I'm putting those miles on my shoes. And after today, those 10 miles, my feet feel so much better today than they did yesterday, just for having some new shoes. So Jamil is on here. She said she got some new shoes yesterday too. So we both got some new gym shoes. We're in the walking challenge together. I also noticed that um, Drea Mills is on here tonight, and she's an artist, a visual artist out of Atlanta, and I actually just purchased a piece of artwork from her this week, so I should be receiving it at some point. I, there were several pieces that I liked, but you know, the way my finances set up. <laughs> I start with one and I'll continue to move them. But uh, she's got some beautiful, beautiful artwork. She hasn't put any on her site yet. She's still kind of working through her fear, but I got some good. Um, I got a really nice piece from her. So um, that's kind of cool. All right. So let's keep it moving. Told you about my shoe. Now, I have told you guys, hey, boo, I have told you guys that I have been in my COVID-19 stupor. Like, I don't know if all y'all suffered with me, but this shit ain't no joke. Like, and mine wasn't a financial space. Like, I don't know where I'm getting money from. Mine was a mental, emotional space that had me fucked up. I don't know if it was the COVID and then we had this weird moon that was going on. So I don't know all of the combination of what was happening, but it had me fucked up. So I own that. I had to figure out how to get myself out of it. 
I, that's the, and you know, that's another thing I'm thankful for when I start feeling like I'm sinking into this depressive kind of space, this depression space, my experience of knowing what it feels like when I'm going into it. I can't tell you anything from the month of April. I can't tell you until the end of April. Let me tell you what I remember. I saw Faceless Love. That's what I remember from April. The whole month of April was a freaking wash. Like I just slept and slept and drank too much liquor and watched TV and like nothing. And all my days were the same day. And that's how I had to start marking on my calendar. Put an X if you took a bath today. <laughs> so I, because I was looking at it like, when was my last bath? Was that today or was that yesterday? Or was it the day before? Like, it was that bad that I was really just in this yucky ass space. So I call it my COVID-19 stupor. Well, I am coming out of it. The flip side of coming out of it is that now I'm restless. I'm coming out of it and I need some shit to do. I'm like, <sighs> right? I feel like I need to do something. I feel like I'm being suffocated. I feel like I need to get out, I need to run, I need to travel, I need to, I need something to remind me that I'm alive, probably other than my darn feet hurting. I need something and I feel like I'm being chained in a space and I don't like it, I don't like the way that I feel. I think that this feeling is the universe's way of telling me that it's time for me to move to the next level of my existence. It's time for me to move it, to go forward, to do something different. So, you know, I'm okay. I'm game for it. I just need to know what it is. I need to be able to put some perspective on it. I need to know, I just need to be able to see it. The good thing is that as I'm walking and thinking, thoughts are coming to me. Like I'm getting clarity on things. I'm not writing yet. I'm still not writing, but I'm getting some clarity. I'm getting some ideas. I'm seeing things in myself that I hadn't seen before. So I really think this time, so maybe April was the time for me to rest and then May beyond is the time for me to work. So maybe I was resting all of that. I kept calling it a stupor. Maybe I was in that space because the months coming are my grind months. Maybe I'm going to start grinding again on something new. And I have to trust it. Like if I trust that the universe has given me everything that I need and I trust that I'm moving forward and I'm trusted I'm free, I can't stop trusting it now. I still have to trust the process, right? I have to trust my time of rest. I have to recognize this restless moment. I have to recognize these powerful thoughts that I'm having. I have to recognize the gifts that I'm being given. Like, I can't give up just because what is happening isn't familiar. So I have to keep reminding myself of that because I'm having a really tough time of trying to figure it out. And I, you know, some people don't go through this. Some people, a lot of people just go do their shit. Me, I'm a thinker. This right here, tick, 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 it goes, goes, goes. But I've got to trust it. And I keep reminding myself that I keep telling myself that. I knew today that I was restless and fell out of control or not knowing what's coming when I was on the phone trying to break up with Faceless Love. And I haven't broken up with him in a couple of years. But today, I was like, bye, motherfucker. I'm out.
He probably didn't pay me any attention. He might have. He'll call my bluff one day and break up with me. But I just knew it. I need to get away from everything. I wanted to go. I just couldn't. It's just this feeling that I have. And I don't know. He's not like an appendage. He's not like a something holding me hostage. But I feel like I'm being held hostage. And he is the thing that's, he is the thing that's not connected to me. He's not my children, right? He's not my job. He is the thing that's almost expendable in a sense. Like he doesn't have to be, you know? So that I think that makes it easier for me to see him as the first thing that has to go. But I love him. So I mean, I don't really want him to go. I just need to get my shit together. Like I need to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing. I need to figure out what's next what's next what's next what's next right so i'm just a little anxious definitely restless i gotta figure it out it'll get better every day i think it's good that i'm exercising and that i'm moving and that i'm thinking jotting down some ideas kind of making a plan about what i want to do next you know so all that's good but this is this covid 19 ain't no joke so i don't know um all the cities and states are opening up gradually. There have been some some countries that are that have opened and now they're reclosing because once they open, the numbers increased, so they start closing them back down. Lebanon is the one I remember right off. So we just really don't know what's happening with this with the COVID. We don't know. We just have to be careful. And we got to take care of ourselves. And the funny thing is, like, because we're here in the United States and we're a democracy, nobody can't really tell us to stay in the house. Shit, do we want to do? Free country, baby. That's what we always say. Free country, you violate my rights. I can do what I want to do. So it's a lot of risk takers out there. I think there are a lot of cases, several cases affecting the White House right now. The White House staff, Pence's, um, chief of staff, I think, or whatever that position was, has it. So many of Secret Service were diagnosed. And, you know, so now, you know, what does that mean? Is it going to look different for all of us or not? Are we all, you know, we still going to keep taking care of ourselves, wearing our mask, uh, not touching our eyes and our hands. And I mean, our eyes and our mouths, our soft, moist places. We talked about that. We also... They're saying that the COVID virus was found and they're doing their testing. They found it in semen. So I guess that means it's sexually transmitted as well. I guess if you're that close, shit, if you're going to be face to face, you can, you're going to get somebody sweating on you or dropping crap in your mouth. <laughs> I know, Kim. Kim said, wait a minute, no more faceless love. He's still here. He ain't paying me no attention, girl. He know my ass is crazy. He's still around. He's still here. He's still, he's my faceless love. He's he's here. He just know he knows I'm having a tough moment. So he ain't going nowhere. He on here listening now. <laughs> he called me earlier. What you doing? I, what you doing? What you calling me for? But um, yeah, he's he's around. He's not going anywhere. Um, so yeah, we have to make sure that we keep our hands and stuff out of our eyes and our mouth and moist places and be careful having sex if it's transmitted in semen. So now it can be sexually transmitted. 
So they're finding all kinds of stuff now that they can do some research on people. And we're just going to have to wait and see. The CDC has not lifted their guidelines on what's what. So as long as the CDC has guidelines, we're all under some kind of order of something because we have to make sure that we stay safe. We That's what the CDC does. It always has. And whether they want to follow the guidelines to the T or loosely, that'll be the first thing somebody says is, what did the CDC say? You know, what were you doing and what did the CDC say? Hey, G. So we have to really be careful with that um, and just pay attention. I mean, I don't, I'm have working from home. That's driving me insane. A lot of people are going back to work. They're opening up the counties, their cities and offices and stuff. And some of the stores, like I said, I just went to Dick's Sporting Good last night and bought me some sneakers. They're open in there. I went to Staples today to print some stuff. They were open in there, you know, so Target, Walmart has been open the whole time. So restaurants have been open. So there are people there. There are essential personnel that are working and we have to, you know, so people have to work and people have to take care of their families. And that means everybody has to be safe. So no large groups. It doesn't matter what the large group thing is. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm not, I don't have no desire to be around a bunch of people because you don't know. You don't know where people have been. You don't know <clears throat> what they're bringing to you. What risk are you putting yourself, your family? So, you know, none of that. All right, on to the other thing. So what about the, oh, what about the young fellow in Brunswick, Georgia? I think his name, I always misspell it. I think it's Ahmad. Let me look at it. Ahmad Arbery was shot on camera back in, was that in April? <clears throat> so he um, was shot in, um, uh, yeah, it's been about, it may have been March. Oh, February. Jeez. He was shot in February by <clears throat> two men with, uh, one man and the guy's dad was there and that's a whole mess I haven't even really been able to go through all of the details because I'm, my heart can't take it right it just that kind of stuff doesn't make sense to me just because I'm such a emotional processor of people and information like I just I, I have a hard time dealing with that but I'm thinking about that poor child 25 years old getting shot down and then the part that's baffling is that you have these two people that are giving this narrative to their friends in law enforcement and the judicial system and they're not even arrested they weren't even arrested until what five days ago they were finally arrested when they assigned another prosecutor to the case right they've been and it was a whole letter they wrote that kind of explained this was the thing that got me they wrote a letter talking about what happened and citing law to support the reason why they weren't arrested the reason why they shot him and it was okay the re and their support and i was thinking like this is the shit that pissed me off because you've got a small town but probably doesn't have a for black americans in the small town probably doesn't have a very high level of education high level of access to because it is a small southern town and you've got someone writing the narrative on what it's supposed to look like and explaining to them why it was okay that they shot this child 
And that's the thing that happens so much in this country is that people, people, I won't even say black Americans, people, people don't want to take advantage of opportunities to get to a place and they get stuck. So you get stuck somewhere with an 11th or 12th grade education and then you are going to have a judge, a lawyer, someone who's been trained to manipulate the wording and the law to benefit them explain to you why what you're saying doesn't make sense. That's scary as hell. That's like somebody knowing how to read a book and you don't know how to read and you're relying on what they're saying to be true. You don't like it and you're mad about it, but you don't do anything about it because you don't have the tools and the resources to do it. That pisses me off. I'm like, what the hell? So that's a big issue that I have. And I usually get into some, I used to, I don't get into them anymore. Heated arguments with people about education and opportunities because everybody, people will say, you know, education isn't for everybody. And I'm always like, shit, education is for everybody. Ed learning is for everybody. Everybody benefits from learning. Everybody. Nobody, nobody is fine not learning. No one. Education is good for everybody. However you get it, get it. But you, you don't get to, I don't think it's fair for people to, manipulate those who don't have in a time when the system may not be set up for them or they may not have taken advantage of the system. So now the press, the prosecutor is this black lady that they brought in from another county, in Cobb County, I believe. So it's, there's going to be a black lady that's the prosecutor on this case in Brunswick. And we'll see how this goes because we're going to see. You know, I mean, because it didn't look like ain't no black police officers there. We don't know from the pictures and I haven't done any research on it. But I just feel like in this day and age, if people have a problem with racial injustice, if that's what we're going to call it, racial injustice, um, cultural issues, disparities, whatever, everybody should be swarming venues to be able to change the narrative on what the fuck is happening. Like, there should be a, a black teacher in every classroom. Police, black. Judges, black. Anybody that's going to affect change, that can affect change in the way that people think, should be in a position to affect change. Like, I just feel like I want to, that's probably the only reason why I'm in a classroom, is that I look at how many people can I change? How many people can I touch for my life, for my work span? How many people can I touch? And I'm in the classroom to be able to do that. So that's how I'm, I look at that. But that's where I'm comfortable. I'm in that space in the classroom. But I also had to step back and think, I wonder how many of these children of the white supremacist have I taught in my time that I'm teaching them in the classroom and showing them unconditional love and then they're going home and somebody's telling them how they should fucking hate me. 
you got and we can't think about being in the classroom with all these kids you can't think about whether this kid likes you or not your goal is to teach them one to treat them like people two regardless of their culture it doesn't matter regardless of their culture but i just wonder like how many of them go home and their people are talking about black bitch this or nigga this or this how many how many of the kids that i've had access to are getting that duplicitous kind of training and thoughts getting it something from me and then getting something different from home because you can't tell me that that boy, the white boy who shot and killed um, Arbery, uh, Ahmad, he wasn't but 26. You can't tell me he went all the way through school without a single black teacher. I don't care where he lived. There had to be at least one. There's got to be one black teacher that he had. One black something that had some influence on him. But whatever the influence, the home life influence, is always greater than, and people fail to understand that because even parents want to say, teachers should do this and teachers should do this. But the teachers can teach all they want in the hour that they have with that kid. If that kid goes home and home is fucked up, guess what? Fucked up wins every time. Fucked up wins every time if, if it's not being something that's connected to the school. So, we that's a big deal for me and i am just i can't quite figure that out because i'm like this child 26 years old he was 25 ahmad was 25 the guy who shot him was 26. these could have been students of mine my kids are my students are older too you know like damn and i'm like man how do you sit up in this day and age and spout that trash to people and have that hate what the fuck is that like what is that that you can have this kind of hate whatever the hate is whether it's white hating black or black hating white in this day when the generation now that's coming through school these kids they have literally fucked up any culture boundaries they've fucked up all the boundaries they have a united colors of benetton hangout squad they don't pay attention to any of that but we still have the separation in the generation before them and then our generation you know so that shit just really irritates me the other thing is um people arguing about it on facebook and i'm like what you gonna do about it like what like not that anything can't be done what's your plan because standing in your box yelling at the top of your lung gets no action it gets no change it gets no action so standing right here yelling gets you nothing what the fuck are you gonna do you're not gonna do anything then guess what you can do you shut the fuck up and you might as well be holding a shotgun too do something do something that's the thing it's like how do you know when it's your time to do something? How do you know when it's your time to move a nation? How do we know, right? How do you know it's time for you to move and do something? What if it's time for me to move and do something right now? What did I say earlier? I'm restless. I need to do something. I need, what if it's time for me to move and do something and I don't move? Like, what if my May looked like my April? 
What if it's almost time for me to take action and I wasn't ready? When do I know it's time for me to move it, right? To do something. And that's what I'm trying to do because as much as I want to engage in conversations of the black and white issues, the Mexican and white, the Mexican and black, all those issues, as much as I look at them, when I walk into that damn classroom and those 15, 20 multicolor skins from all over the globe looking at me, waiting for direction, I can't have any hate in me. I, I can't have any of that in me when I'm talking to these children, when I'm looking and they're looking to, to me to teach them and to help them and to move them forward. I can't have any hate. So that's a hard conversation. That's a hard place to be in when you, it's going to be, that's a hard place for me to be in having these heated arguments about race, which is a social construct or culture, having these arguments and then having to go into a middle school classroom and teach them. How can I live that different life to be this? fighting for human rights, not just black rights, human rights, fighting for rights or being divisive in that, fighting for black rights and then going in there and then being angry or pissed off at everybody who doesn't look like me. I can't do that. It's ineffective and it's damaging and it's hateful and it's racist and it's like, it's all these things, but what do I do? Like, what am I supposed to do, right? I remember feeling helpless with Trayvon Martin. What do I do? Sandra Bland, what do I do? Like, I'm, I don't know. Like, that's my whole thing. I don't know. I don't, I'm not interested in politics. Do I go into politics? Do I go to a protest? Do I, what do I do? So the thing that I've had to try to figure out is how can I continue to be or try to be my best self and grow to be my best self and grow and affect as many people as I can in my process of growing. I, I, you know, and this is, it's a tough moment because the anger is the thing that stops you. The anger is the thing that stops you, which explains why a lot of people got stuck trying to move forward. If you go back to civil rights, a lot of people didn't want to move. Not that they didn't want to, they couldn't move. They were afraid to move. They didn't know what was gonna happen. What if this happened? What if they just get on the other side? This is the same shit I talk about on this all the time. How do you get from out of the muck? What do you do to help somebody? What do you do to help yourself? What the fuck? Like, I literally have to just stop and think about that. Like, how am I supposed to help anybody? How, what am I supposed to do? Like, and we probably all go through those moments of where we know that we're stuck. We know we're supposed to do something. We just don't know what we're supposed to do. So Kim said that uh, she knows it's hard. All she thinks about is her young black son and his future. Yeah, Kim, you're absolutely right. My son is 17. You're right. I'm with you on that. And that's the other thing. My son is 17 as well and he's going to go to college and i've already had him think of i've already had him fly halfway around the world by himself 
like I give him so much independence and freedom because I need for him to be a responsible man. But what if somebody sees him and decides he's just here for my target practice? Like what the fuck? Right? So how do you, how do you stop that? What do you do other than to think, okay, I need to get you to a place that you need to be able to move freely and on your own. And that's the only thing that I can do. I can't hold him hostage. He's not here for me. God gave him to, God allow him to come through me to get here for his purpose, but I can't hold him hostage. I can't stop him from being a man. I need him to be a man. I need, hell, that's a whole nother conversation. The number of adults that aren't, that haven't achieved post-adolescent maleness. There are Tons of men out there that are fucking stuck in adolescence. I don't want my son to be one of those. I need for my son to be able to be. I need him to be able to make moves, not get caught in, in the argument about the man. I don't need him to have that. I need him to be in there when the man talking, he know what the fuck they talking about. I need my son to be able to make the moves. I need him to facilitate that change and not, I'm not going to hold him to me. And that's scary. And furthermore, she says it goes around and around, but there's no resolution. But Kim, that's the thing. It's got to be a resolution. And we have to figure out what the resolution is. It's got to be something. It can't, it's not that it's not anything. We just have to figure out what is it and what's our part of it. What's our part of the resolution, right? What's our, let me, I'll tell you guys this. I'm 50 years old. I have two men in my life that I absolutely love and they love me hands down unconditionally. They love me. And both of them can pull me out of my bullshit. One is my uncle and one is my faceless love. So, and that took me now I met faceless love when I was younger and then we started dating as we we're older, but that took me how long to come across a man who I'm like, wow. And this is a good damn man. This is what a man does. Like, wow. This is the powerfulness that I thought of when I thought of a man was what I saw in him. And I've met tons of people. I've met some great men. But this one, and maybe because he seems familiar to what I know in my uncle. My uncle is a strong man. He's, boom, make decisions. He walks fearlessly through anything he doesn't stop he doesn't cower he doesn't he doesn't ask permission he does what he's gonna do that's my uncle faceless love is the same way he doesn't wait for somebody to give him a pass to do something he's gonna do what he's gonna do and that to me is very it's sexy for one and two it's so bold and because you deal with so many men that are waiting for permission and they're blaming other people for not being able to. And there, if they can't go, if I can't go left, I'm going right. And then I'm going to end up where I'm trying to go. Like that kind of movement, that's what I would like. That's the forthrightness I would like for my son to have that independence, to know that you can't fuck with me. And if the only way you're going to take me down is by shooting me because you're afraid of me, you're scared of me, then do you. But other than that, mentally, you can't touch me. 
Financially, you can't touch me. Physically, you can't touch me. So you better do something that's going to stop me in my tracks. That's what I want for my son. And that's how I feel about even me being a woman. I hands down. I, first of all, I don't compete with people. Second of all, you can't intimidate me because you got your what? Privilege or you got, I don't care about that shit. Guess what? I'm American too. I'm a free black woman. And what? We can go toe to toe on whatever conversation you want, but you don't get to chump me because you think because you look different from me that means i'm less than the only way you can make me feel less than is if i think i'm less than and i don't i think i'm greater than because i'm chosen i'm walking in my purpose so that already gives me a pass on i think i'm the shit because this god put me here god put me in this place he gave me a thumbs up baby you doing that thing the universe is moving in me. The universe is propelling me forward. So a human isn't going to be able to get in the way of the universe intention of me. Not going to do it. So I think that's a big change in how we have to look at people and look at ourselves. And what is it that's supposed to be happening? And where are we supposed to be going? We can't afford to get stuck in these endless jobs, these jobs fucking jobs that there's not going to be anything but work we can't get stuck in those jobs we can't and i've worked at a pharmacy for years and any position loss prevention uh manager assistant manager trainer i worked in all these positions at the same pharmacy and the pharmacy ain't even in business anymore all that time i invested and i learned stuff of course but that wasn't going to be the thing that's going to get me to a place of being of my purpose. But I stayed because I made a good check and I had been there for a long time. Right. And I was good at it. I'm good. And uh, I, this is what I know. I'm good at everything I do. It's, well, I am. I'm not confident in the kitchen. It's not my area of expertise, but I'm good in there. I'm just not confident in the kitchen, but I can cook anyway. So, I think that we have to figure out what the hell we're supposed to be doing and do it. I've literally, today I ordered, I can't even believe I did this today. This lets you know where my thoughts are. Today I ordered the book to take my GRE. It's a, what is it? The graduate record exam, GRE. It's what you take when you're going to graduate school, right? So I ordered the book today so I could study because it has come to my attention, however it came to my attention, I don't even question it anymore. It has come to my attention that I should probably do my PhD. Ta-da! So now I've gone from what am I going to do next to I'm going to study for this exam and I'm going to apply to get my PhD. Now That's going to be four years. And it sounds, that seems like a long time, right? Because I have a bachelor's, I have a master's, four years to get a PhD. I don't know how that'll necessarily affect my salary, but it will definitely give me a different level of respect in the academic community, right? So that's maybe where I need to go. That is a thought that I had and I'm acting on it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to study for the GRE. I did some research, found a couple of schools 
I'm gonna um, apply and I'm gonna start that. That won't start until August of 2021. Cause remember my son graduates in May of 2021. So it means after he graduates, he's gonna go to college. Then I'm not gonna have the hands on of a child anymore. I can go and do what I'm gonna do. So, you know, that's just, you know, but that's me. I'm not afraid anymore of my ideas and my thoughts and I can't do it. I've figured out that my fear is my saboteur. My fear is the thing that holds me hostage and I'm over it. I'm literally over my fear. I'm just like, every time something comes up, I'm like, bitch, please. I'm not doing you today. We got stuff to do. We got mountains to move. So, you know, I'm working on that. Um, <clears throat> geez, it's almost 10 o'clock and we were supposed to talk about Maslow and belonging and love. I guess we'll talk about Maslow next week. Um, and I think I may be at an advantage. You know, if I'm applying for a PhD, I'm already published. So I got that going for me. I get to do some research. I was already talking about doing some clinical research, you know, so I'll get to do some of that. I've got a lot of stuff, a lot of my own material and people that I've made connections with, you know. So, you know, there's a lot that can come out of this. And, and, and I would say to you guys listening, if you're doing the same thing right now that you were doing five years ago, four years ago, one year ago. If you're doing the same thing right now, it's time to do something different. It's time for you to have a serious conversation with yourself and to try to get connected to the source greater than you, however you call it, God, the universe, whatever you call, whatever is greater than you. Get connected and find out what you're supposed to be doing next. Encourage that in your children. Education, 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 right? Encourage your children to go through life, get an education, to get their degree, to get their, to grow, to be aware of themselves in the presence of people from all over the world, not just in certain cultures, because that shit doesn't fly when you step outside of that. When you step outside of your block, off your block, you still be able, have to be able to code switch. you got to encourage change. you got to encourage growth. Like, those are things that are holding us hostage, and we don't need to be held hostage either anymore. And I've, I've really been spending a lot of time thinking about that. I've talked about it on the podcast before, about being what does it feel like to be a hostage or how do you know you're being held hostage? And I think the best way I came up to describe it is that you know you're being held hostage when you're afraid to move, when you're afraid to take a step. And it could be because of your job, because of your husband, because of your wife, all of that shit. None of that is worth more than you. None of that is worth more than you. You, you are the most important thing God did on the day that he did you. Your husband, your wife, your job, none of that is more important than the existence of you, than your contribution to the universe. None of it. And you have to really kind of step outside of yourself and to build that, to see that how great you are, to know that how powerful you are. Like you really have to believe it and it takes some time to get to it. I've been shit. I dealt with that shit for years. Thought everybody was better than me. Thought my husband, my ex-husband was better than me. I thought everybody was better than me. 
put everybody first. And then one day I was like, oh, it's my turn. I'm, I got to take care of me. I can't die taking care of everybody else. I got to take care of me. I got to get myself there. And I had to really just kind of dig deep and kind of go forward because people around you will let you die with nothing. They'll take everything that you have and you can die with nothing and they will keep it damn moving. They will keep it moving. I'm glad I talked about this tonight. It's helped me kind of talk through my yuck yuck, right? It kind of helped me. And then saying out loud that I'm thinking about getting my PhD or that I'm, took, I'm taking the test and I'm applying, that's a big deal to say it out loud. When you say it out loud, that shit becomes real. I've got Happiness Begins With I. That's the book I've started. I haven't finished it. I'll probably finish it soon. I've been thinking about it. And then I started another one called um, Realizing Joy. I believe that's what I said I was going to call it, Realizing Joy. And I started out with that one about the dichotomy of my Black self. So talking about me as a Black person and my two things that I had to deal with, being a Black person, like not being raised as a Black person. But I wasn't raised as a white person either now. I was just raised as a person, but then choosing it. Uh, academic setting that was predominantly black and having just kind of that back and forth so you know so I have I'm thinking so I'm thinking I'm pro still processing you got to process through all that muck that you've been in in your life and get to a calm place with it so I'm working through all of that and I like that I'm pleased tonight that I sat here and spoke with you guys because it's really helped me just to kind of move some stuff around the PhD isn't far-fetched I'm 50 that means I'll be 55 when I finish that's not bad especially considering I'm gonna be 55 anyway <laughs> so, I'm gonna turn 55 anyway I might as well work hard for it in the in the interim right I might as well put forth some effort to it and you know make and make some changes and see what I can do to affect change in people to affect change in women and men and people of color and just to know that, you know, I don't want to just sit up and think um, I should have done something. I want to do something. So I'm going to work through that. But anyway, it's uh, 10 o'clock. And, um, oh, don't forget, any of my podcasts you can listen to, you can watch on YouTube, you can listen to on um, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Google Play, iTunes, Pandora, Something else I always forget. It's, it's seven of them, but I always forget it. Yeah, I forgot it. So uh, you can listen to them on all of those. And um, you can. And my books are available on my website, JoycelynWells.com. And uh, I'm going to keep, I'm going to start writing hopefully this week. I'll get some writing done. I'll be very pleased if I do, if I can just get those yummy thoughts to start flowing again. And um Thank you guys for joining me. And remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. See you next week on Joy Exposed. Bye.